Hey there, you're listening to The Simple Home, a podcast for the modern mom looking for a slower pace, a life with less stuff, less to do, and more time for what really matters. Living simply is more than just getting rid of clutter. It's about letting go of expectations to create a life of intention. Motherhood is the ultimate Groundhog Day experience, where much of every day is spent on the logistical stuff necessary to keep everyone alive so you can wake up and do it again the next day. You don't need just one more thing. You need easier ways to manage the constant cleaning and feeding, the overwhelming clutter, the never-ending to-do list. I wish I could hire you a personal chef, a nanny, a housekeeper, and a personal finance guru, but I can't. What I can do is support you in your journey of letting go of all expectations and taking life at a slower pace. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast today. Hey there, welcome to episode nine of the Simple Home Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna, and today we're going to talk about how the excess stuff and disorganization around you can have a negative impact on your brain, your health, and your productivity. Let me tell you a little story. When I was little, I kept everything. And my mom was so gracious and let me do what I wanted with my own space. And I loved my room. My walls were totally covered. Like I'm talking covered from floor to ceiling. I used to cut out the little... Um, Valentine's card characters and characters out of magazines and different things. I loved Disney and my dream was to one day work for Walt Disney drawing all the animations and so I completely plastered my walls. I also had pictures of my family and friends because I loved photography so I would take tons of photos, I'd print them out and I'd plaster my walls. We even had like layers. When we moved out of that house, I had to take layers down. I had stapled my entire room, including my ceiling. So when I'm talking that my space was cluttered, I mean from wall to ceiling, I basically made my own wallpaper. My drawers were also overflowing and I had little trinkets everywhere. If someone gave something to me, I basically held on to it forever. So minus the covered walls, I continued to live this way into adulthood. I no longer stapled every picture to the wall, but I did keep everything. I had boxes of stuff that I carted. I had boxes of stuff that I hauled around from one house to the next through college and into my early married years. My husband and I lived pretty small in pretty tiny places and still do with our three young kids. The difference is now I've learned to let go of the stuff and found the amazing peace that comes with it. You really don't realize how much weight you're carrying around with you all day when your life is covered in clutter. You don't know until you start to let go of some of that clutter and you feel the lightness that happens. So as you listen to this episode, I want you to keep an open mind and really think about how clutter might be affecting you. We'll talk about how everyone has a different tolerance level, so you don't feel like you have to eliminate all the clutter from your life to live a good life. But do think about how you react to having a lot of stuff around you. So first, let's talk about how we get attached to stuff and why we have clutter in the first place. The stuff in our life kind of creeps up on us. 
We are given things by others. We go shopping for new stuff without getting rid of old stuff. We don't really think about what comes into our lives much. We just let it come in. And then it's hard for us to let go of. Researchers have actually studied the brain when people are trying to get rid of something and found that the same areas of the brain that light up when you feel physical pain also light up when you try to get rid of something that you have an attachment to. So don't beat yourself up if you're wondering why it's so hard for you to get rid of things. It's actually in your brain. We feel it the same way we feel physical pain. And marketers are extremely good at getting you to buy things and then making sure you form an attachment. They actually want you to form that attachment before you even purchase it so that you'll make the purchase. So did you know that simply touching something starts this process in our brains? And that's why stores look the way they do. Think about Apple. When you go into an Apple store, they have it set up so that you can try out every device. It's nearly impossible to go in an Apple store and not play with each item. Apple does this because they know you are more likely to purchase it if you physically touched the item. So one very clever thing Apple does is they put their desktop computers out and they actually tilt the screen, prompting you to move it so that it's at the right angle for your face. So they'll tilt it up a little too much and then you need to move it so that you can see it when you play with it because they really want you to touch even the desktop computers. Have you ever noticed how all the toys and kids items are at their level and packaged in a way that entices your child to touch them? Same thing. The toy companies want your child to fall in love with the toy and beg you to buy it. So if we don't think about what's coming in and out of our house, you can see how easy it is to get overrun with clutter very quickly. It's important to note that there's a lot of different kinds of clutter that enter our lives. So let's talk about what they are so you get the bigger picture of clutter in your life before we go any further. The first is visual clutter. So the things that your brain sees all day long, the things that are on your counters, the things that are hanging on your walls, any things that's cluttering up our visual space, um, those kinds of things really do have an impact on our life. And then we have the physical clutter. This one you're very familiar with. It's just all the stuff, the physical stuff we carry around. And then something new that's entered our lives within the past 10 to 15 years is digital clutter. Now, this is everything from the amount of emails you have in your inbox, the files that you have on your computer, the notifications that you're signed up with. So you'll know on your phone if you have the Facebook app, you get a notification every time there's something new happening on your feed or a message for you. You may have your email set up for notifications. You may have Instagram or another social media on there as well. We have hundreds and hundreds of no notifications coming in and out every single minute, which really, really adds to the clutter in our brain. So this kind of clutter actually has the same impact on our brain as physical clutter. So I am really, really get guilty of letting my email get out of control. So just recently I decided I needed to be at inbox zero every single day in order to feel less stress and get more done in my business. And in order to do this, I first had to go through over 8,000 
thousand unread messages that I had let accumulate in my inbox. This was a task, but as soon as I finished, I felt refreshed and I no longer feel anxious when I open my email. I can now spend 15 minutes in the morning and the evening going through my emails and be back at zero each day. Another kind of clutter that we all have is our to-do list. The problem is we make a to-do list, we don't finish it, we create another list, then another list. Pretty soon we have several lists floating around, reminding us of everything that needs to get done. Then we lose the list and we worry that whatever was on that one needed to get done, but we can't remember what it was. So all of the things that you feel like you need to do are adding clutter to your life. So your to-do list is another form of clutter that is making your life more stressful and less joyful. So let's talk about some of the science behind what clutter does to our brain. As I mentioned above, as I mentioned, researchers have studied the brain when it comes to forming attachments to things as well as the effects of clutter on the brain and your body. The chaos of a cluttered environment inhibits your brain's ability to focus with everything competing for your attention. It also makes it harder for your brain to process information. Aaron Doland, an author on uncluttered.com, puts it this way. The clutter competes for your attention in the same way a toddler might stand next to you annoyingly repeating, candy, 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 candy. I want candy, 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 candy. Even though you might be able to focus a little, you're still aware that a screaming toddler is also vying for your attention. The annoyance also wears down your mental resources and you're more likely to become frustrated. So I love the way she depicts this in her article because that's exactly what it does. All those notifications, the little light beeping or the ding that you get on your desktop or your phone or your tablet, those things are constantly vying for our attention and it can be impossible to truly stay focused and not get frustrated with whatever we're doing. If you're constantly inundated with notifications, to-dos, and your space is overcrowded and unorganized, your brain and your body will feel the stress. You will be less productive and ultimately feel overwhelmed and exhausted. Whether you realize it now or not, your brain feels the extra weight of deciding what to focus on and what decisions to make. So what about our kids? What happens to kids with this kind of clutter? It's very safe to say that clutter has major effects on our kids as well. And with the increased pressure put on our kids with academics, social engagements, extracurricular activities, and so on, it's even more important that we take steps to decrease the clutter that surrounds them. Here's some examples of how clutter affects kids. Do your kids ever have trouble getting ready in the morning, putting their toys away, or completing a task without getting distracted? This is often caused by the clutter in their surroundings constantly vying for their attention. Just like adults, kids who have a lot of stuff around them can feel more anxious and stress, and it also inhibits healthy sleep patterns. If you notice any of these traits in your child, which may show up as irritability, moodiness, or exhaustion, it would be a good idea to look at their room and play space to see if any changes can be made. Kids are all different and have different levels of tolerance for clutter, just like adults. So observe how your child behaves if you make changes to the environment around them. 
For the many benefits of minimalism for kids, I go through lots of different examples of how having less stuff, less clutter helps kids. I want you to listen to episode number three. I will link to it in the show notes. So just go to athomewithkids.com forward slash episode three. Let's now talk about what we can do about this because I've likely given you all of these facts and increased your anxiety a bit. I want to help put your mind at ease. There are several simple steps you can take that will drastically lighten your load. I'm going to go through each of them very quickly, but there's going to be a complete episode dedicated to each topic so you can make changes if you're feeling overwhelmed. Let's look briefly at the three different areas of clutter. First, the physical clutter. You're going to want to probably start small unless you're feeling majorly inspired and ready to take this on and want to do a full weekend and just declutter everything. Otherwise, just start small. Get rid of one thing a day or set your timer for 10 to 15 minutes a day and get rid of things during that time or start going through your things. Start in one room or maybe just your closet, one area that's really stressing you out. Start small, making changes with the physical clutter. You also want to think about the things that you are bringing in. If you're trying to get rid of physical clutter, try to stop bringing things into your house unless they truly serve a purpose for you. I'd also love for you to join us in the declutter challenge. You can get signed up for free at athomewithkids.com forward slash declutter challenge, and I will walk you through the five big areas and help you get started with decluttering. You may also want to go over to episode number four, and you can find that at athomewithkids.com forward slash episode four, and listen to that episode, which is all about getting started with decluttering. So I give you lots of tips in that episode and help you get started. The second area of clutter to focus on is your to-dos and your schedules. So the first step in really figuring out how to declutter your to-dos and your schedule is to track your time. So spend a week and take half an hour increments to track your day and your time, how you spend your time right now. Don't change it at all. Just write it down. Check in a few times a day. Write down how you spent your time. And then at the end of that week, highlight your wasted time. So if there are areas that you feel like, man, that was really a waste of my time, highlight it so you know what those were. Give yourself a little bit of a break. If you need a half an hour to unwind and you do that by watching a TV show, that's not that big of a deal. But if you're feeling like you never have enough time to do what you really want to do, then you may want to look at some of those areas. So highlight the time that you feel you've wasted and then give yourself a time limit for certain activities such as social media. You might notice that you spent three hours in one week looking at Facebook, scrolling through your feed, and you want to cut that time down. So give yourself a time limit, maybe 15 minutes a day you can look at social media or every other day you're going to browse really quick or whatever you need to do, but give yourself a time limit. I am going to do an entire episode on just this tracking your time and managing your time better. So hit subscribe so you're notified as soon as that goes live. Now the third area to think about is the digital clutter. So here's some things you can do right now to help you with digital clutter. The first one is turn off your notifications. 
There is no reason, unless it's for work or emergencies or something like that, that you need to be notified every time you get an email, every time something happens on Facebook. You can turn those notifications off and set a time in your schedule where you go in to check. If you check in the morning and you check in again before bed, you've likely gotten everything that you need to get and you don't often, unless again it's for work or something like that, need to know right away. So turn off your notifications to allow your brain to truly focus on whatever you're supposed to be focusing on at that given time. The second thing I want you to do with your digital clutter is get your inbox to zero. I am telling you, this is going to make a huge impact on your stress level every time you check your inbox. If you can get it to zero and you know what's in there, and then just maintain that each day, you're gonna feel so much better every time you have to check your email. The third one is to clear your desktop. Now throughout the week, I save all kinds of things to my desktop and it ends up cluttered. So I spend 15 minutes Monday morning clearing my desktop, just getting things back where they go in folders, deleting them, whatever I need to do so that my desktop is clear again for the week. You may need to do it more often than that or less often, But do try to keep your desktop clear to help you with that anxiety level when you're doing something on your computer. Again, there's going to be an entire episode all about digital clutter coming up in the next couple weeks, and I don't want you to miss it. So hit subscribe so that you know right when it goes live. Now, everyone's tolerance level is different. If it doesn't feel like cluttered to you, then it likely isn't. You have to decide how much clutter or excess stuff works for you. So your house might not look like somebody else's house, or you might look through Pinterest for ideas of being a minimalist or living simply, and the houses that you see aren't what reflect you. That's fine. It's all about your tolerance level and how much excess stuff really works for your life. Think about getting down to the things that truly bring you happiness and purpose and serve you in your lifestyle. And once you get there, you're going to be golden. Don't just assume, though, that you're doing fine. Once you start getting rid of the stuff in your life, you're going to find you've been living with stress you didn't even know you had. So allow yourself to start simplifying the clutter so you can determine what your real tolerance level is. So I urge you to take action today, go back through this episode if you need to, and get started with your physical clutter, your schedule, and your digital clutter because it truly does have an impact on your brain, on your mental load, and on your physical health. That's it for this week. Make sure to visit the show notes at athomewithkids.com forward slash episode nine. You're going to find any links that I mentioned there. And I also want you to get signed up for the Simple Home Decluttering Challenge. That link is at homewithkids.com forward slash decluttering challenge. You just listened to an episode of The Simple Home. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I feel truly honored to be a small part of your life. Please take a moment to give a rating and write a quick review on iTunes. That will help this podcast reach more people, and I appreciate the feedback. We meet here every week, so hit subscribe so you know when the newest episode goes live. And for more practical tips on simplifying motherhood, 
visit athomewithkids.com. I can't wait to talk to you next time.